Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pennies Going In Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy! On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we talk about conviction versus false confidence, this week in the market, and Facebook's ticker change. You find out... Life's this game of pennies. Oh, you guys know we only have a 40% runner. Hello? 40% is a f***ing killing. We've been compliant for too long. It's time we go to war. I don't have a Roth. You know so much about the market that his brain doesn't have enough room for grammar. Hey, who told me about Idex? It's going up a shit ton now. We're up 4%, baby. No way. 4 fucking percent. You asked the exact same question with two words (laughs) different. It's like, f*** man, I just got dick whipped for like... 20%, 20%, and now that f***er's up like 50. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. I'm just making this voice memo to call out unusual whales to a fight. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Pennies, pennies, pennies. Going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity of Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny and Christian. Let's, Let's go, go, baby. Welcome back to another episode of Pennies Going In Raw. Today is it's a spooky one. It's Sunday. It's October 31st. It's Halloween. And the money we have been seeing in the market, it feels like it has honestly made up for the past three months in the market. The happiness on Fintwit has made up for the past three months of sadness on Fintwit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That view basically made up for the past three months shittiness for in just this past couple of weeks. Yeah, I think Verde said it best. He said, I've had my best three months in three days. And I bet I think that's an awesome way to put it. You know, we always go through a really slow period and then it gets hot for three weeks and we make more money than we could ever imagine. And I think that this is a, you know, we continuously get cold and then we heat up and, you know, we get into this mindset that like, oh my God, we're never going to make good money again. You know, this is, this is the new normal for the market. And then we get a fire week like this and we, you know, and if this continues for another two or three weeks, everybody's going to double their account again. So I think it's really important that we remind ourselves of this. But then also I had someone send my DM saying like, oh, like you, like I doubled my account this week. If I can do this for the rest of the year, you know, I'll be at like $4 million. And I was like, dude, you know, 
that's where we get into the, you know, like when it's cold, we can't always be like, this is how it's gonna be forever. But then when it's hot, we can't be expecting to double our count every single week for the next year. You know what I mean? So I think that I think that it goes both ways. Also, like I'm seeing people buy cars because of this week. Stop fucking buying shit. Like, yes, it was a good week, but if this, but if the market goes cold again and, and you know you're you took that money out of your account, you're gonna be pissed that you bought that Porsche. Stop buying shit. Damn, you didn't have to get like specific with the car type. Yeah, I'm talking um, to you. <laughs> I didn't buy stuff. I got stuff taken away from me this week. Um, <laughs> you we, talk we, about that? we might go over that later. I'm still really sad about it. Um, you think she's a listener? No chance. <laughs> she might now just say, yeah, long story short, I got like $20,000 worth of stuff stolen from me this weekend. And one of them really hurt. I it had a lot of sentimental value and I've been really sad about it since... Do, Thursday do we morning know when who she is now? There's no chance we find this fucking girl, man. Dude, it's, I'm, I'm just, find her. I'm, I'm cutting my losses. Um, I'm sad. Yeah, this week has turned me a little more misogynistic. Not gonna lie. I'm just kidding. But it, uh, yeah, I'm going through it. But um, going, going. Ugh, fuck, man. Just talking about it makes me sad. But Dude, the market makes me happy. Yeah, the market makes me happy. And this week. Yeah, this week you see the pop and drops uh, and you see the pop and holds on a lot. But what's nice, it seems like you see a lot of these pop and hold like what we always talk about. But some of them, which I think are also good buying opportunities, like you see the ones that pop like crazy and drop a good bit. Like, let's say my size or ITRM, they pop 20 to 50 percent back at the like place where they popped again. Are, are you seeing any of these where it's like, hey, I see the price action and I'm going to load just on, you know, they're they're back at the price they were at in a market this hot. Like, let's try and, yeah, let's try and take totally them for round take two. Something if I feel that there's even a chance that it's going to pop. And sometimes like Friday, I got bagged on it, but that's okay because inside this market, if it does go, it will run a hundred percent. So I'm a little bit more with my risk. I'm a little bit more risk on than normal. Like I ran out of buying power on Wednesday for the first time, like all year. So I'm totally risk on right now. I'll take I'll take a higher a less probability because the risk. I mean, excuse me, the reward is so much greater right now inside this market. Things are going farther. They're going faster than ever before. And uh, so I'm totally risk on right now. I got bagged on Friday using that strategy, but that's okay because <laughs> Monday through Thursday was so hot that it's okay. You know, like it's one of those uh, ten step ten steps forward, one step back. Where usually I felt like it was three steps forward, two steps back, or two and a half steps back. So I'm totally okay with risk on right now. You know, like going heavier, heavier size, heavier positions. Um, trading shit that I would never trade, you know, like piece of shit. Comp I mean, you know, obviously that's where the bread and butter is. But right now we're seeing like these China stocks go. We're, we're seeing we're seeing like the dog of dog shits run 300% right now. Um, and, and I'm okay with trading the ones that like I know have S3s because the volume is crazy right now. They're so liquid. You can get in there with size. I mean, look at METX. METX has a METX is trading so thin right now um, without the with, through the pennies. I mean, it'll go from fifty cents to seventy cents, back down to sixty. I mean, you can capitalize on those moves. Yeah, and 
another thing like what you're saying like got bagged on friday it's a lot easier being bagged when the mentality of it is hey i am 10 steps ahead and this could yeah. only take me back a maximum of two to three steps and in this market it's usually just one um and knowing that if it if it launches it's taking you six steps forward so that's kind of the risk reward and it's a lot easier to be bagged and to keep adding when you're up a lot because i mean when you're down a lot and you're red on even the day and and you see it's hitting another mark it's hitting another down it's down another cents down another two cents you'll probably sell but if you're big on the day from another trade you'll probably be like i'm about to slap this shit with all these new profits you know yeah, exactly. You already have a buffer. So it's like if you're up $2,000, you know that you have that $2,000 buffer. So you're willing to risk 300 of that 2000 if it's going to make you another 1000 You know, like it's that mindset because at the end of the day, you still are going to come out decently green. So I'm totally okay with that. Like I said, Friday I got bagged. Like I should have walked away earlier. I kept pushing because I was trying to hit, you know, that I was trying to hit my biggest week in, uh, in a long time. So but that's okay. You know, like it, it is what it is. Like at the end of the day, I think it was like, uh, I think it was like that A, A, G, A, I or whatever. I mean, it was up on like a, it was up a hundred percent on a price target. And I mean, I was sitting there soaking size and, uh, and I got bagged on it. And at the end of the day, I was like pissed. I was like, what the fuck? Um, but at the end of the day, like I was chasing something up a hundred percent and soaking something that was up a hundred percent because of a price target. Like that's on me. So as long as, again, as long as you understand that you know, this thing's up 100%, this thing shouldn't be up 100%, and, uh, and and you're okay with that kind of risk, like I was, I'm totally okay with you chasing shit. Um, and smartly, I mean, like, you know, on a pullback, you know, sitting there soaking, but the second that it fails, I'm out. Yeah, it's a weird, like, thought process after one of these fails, and then you think, like, why the fuck did I even take this? I would yeah. never take this. But then you have to think. 10 steps forward, one step back, as opposed to what you were just saying, because there is no reason you would take that in any other market. It's just right now it is the thing to do because there are so many opportunities to make money. It's like if if work was just you got paid for every hour task. Well, now there's 60 of them and you get paid twice as much instead of there only usually being nine one hour tasks in a day with your average pay. I mean, it's just like they're they're all over the place and and we're staying at work late to get them. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's on the. I, I will say, though, and we talk, I think we talked about this on Wednesday. This is creating terrible habits. And the one thing that I that I want everyone to understand is that, again, do not expect this from the market. OK, everything was mooning. I mean, fun went to twenty four. Fun shouldn't be at two dollars, let alone twenty four. Okay, understand that part of it. The other part of it is that, you know, uh, we have to, we have to remind ourselves, okay, like, we need to like mentally prepare for when it stops, because the issue is that everybody will 5x their accounts right now. And then when the music stops, and that faucet of algos turns off, I mean, accounts will be cut in half in, in, in a week. Um, because again, you just get in there, you soak, 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 you're going heavy, like 60% of your account, you're in there. And then all of a sudden something's down like 40% and you get smoked. So it's one of those times where we have to remind ourselves what it's like right now when it's hot, but also mentally prepare for when that faucet of all algos turns off, you know? And, and, and that's the thing is that right now it's like, oh my, like, you know, we're high inside the sky. We think nothing can go wrong. And then when it gets cold, we forget about these times. 
And, and same thing, right now it's super hot. We forget about the cold times, you know? Like right now, hey, if I did this every week, fuck, you know, like I, I'm, it'd be insane. But when it's cold, I'm like, holy shit, you know, Trader Joe's ain't looking too bad right now, you know? I. So it's one of those things where like, it's, it just comes back, everything inside trading is that mental, mental, mental. Um, and, but I mean, props to everyone who, who did great this week. I will say though, if you had a great week, let's just say, I mean, I saw people doubling their accounts. If you doubled your account this week, take 30% of your account out. 30% of your account out, just withdraw it. Especially if you're new, if you if you kind of got lucky this week, let's just say like, you know, you kind of chased some alerts on Twitter or like, you know, you, you were just throwing shit. You know, listen, take some money off the table. Because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are doing really well. And, uh, and when the music stops, there are going to be accounts cut in half very quickly. That's how this game goes. Everybody gets overconfident. Everybody starts 5X in their account. And then the music stops, accounts are cut in half. Same thing when it's slow. No, we And that's what, what we try and do is that we try and prepare for the hot time so we can capitalize and, you know, and when it does get hot, we're there, you know, like we're sizing up immediately when it gets hot. When they, I mean, we, we were prepared for algos to turn off for what? Four months? Like literally, I feel like we were preparing for four months. And I mean, I know personally, like I felt like I capitalized um, the second that DWAC went hot, you know, I, I, I was there. But again, now that now that the market's hot, now that algos are on, we need to start actually preparing for when it gets cold and when algos aren't turned on. So that's what I'm saying is that if you doubled your account this week, if you had a killer week, take some money off the table. If not for any other reason, at least for taxes. Okay, I know people who literally turned thirty thousand dollars into a million. Uh, you know, tax time came. And they ended up losing more than like basically more than what they owed in taxes. And so, you know, you never want to get into that situation. Yeah, no, it's funny. I, you know what I realized was that um, this is before we get into the main topic was that uh, like giveaways and gifts. Like, let's say you win a Ferrari and it's $300,000 and you're making a slick $40,000 a year and you win a raffle Ferrari. You have to pay gift yeah. tax on that, which. Like yeah, a thirty percent, yeah. It's like yeah. A, you, so you got to sell that Ferrari because you're not paying that. Well, you have to, and then it, and then it comes down to you know most of the time, let's just say that salvage. You know, some of them are salvage titles, and then they uh, come back and they'll you know obviously fix them up, so they're not even worth like anything insane. You know, like nobody's gonna buy like a salvage Ferrari that <laughs> from like Price is Right, Price is Right. You know. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. 
Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, okay, getting getting into the main part of this episode is uh, conviction versus just false hope. Yeah, this is a good uh, one. And also seeing how conviction plays into a hot market because obviously you don't have to exactly have the the same conviction because, you, like you said, I mean, you're in shit companies that still go a thousand percent. Yeah. But there is obviously the main thing of, hey, uh, I'm – I've mad conviction in this and then be a false hope of I'm just adding every time it breaks support and I have a fuck ton. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a really important topic because we're, it's always that balance line of conviction versus that false hope. It, so much of trading, as we always say, is that mental side of it. And part of that is that, you know, there's nobody sitting there saying this is going to work for sure. You know, like that's why we make stupid money because there is so much risk. You don't know if that news is going to come. You don't know how that data is going to turn out. You don't know if that company is going to go bankrupt. You don't know if that company is going to have a shit quarter. Look at Wish. Everybody's expecting a great quarter. Not only do they not have a good quarter, they fucking shit their bed and give future guidance. That is shit. That is literally the worst guidance I've ever seen. So it's one of those things where you know, it's always that mental balance. And that's why so much of trading is the mental side of it, but also managing your risk. Because at the end of the day, if you take a 70% haircut on your account, not only is that going to fuck you up mentally, but also you're not going to have any money to make more money. And that's what you need inside this game. Money makes money, you know? And, uh, and so I think it's really important that, that that's why I use the matrix, because I think it's important that you get out of that, um, constant balance. If you're constantly asking yourself or going in between, I don't know if this is the right move. I don't know how this is. Then it's not the right move. It it totally is not the right move. You need an edge. You need to be able to come into the market and have a plan and be reactive. Your plan doesn't always need to be front and center and doesn't always have to work. In fact, you should have two or three different plans because your plan is reactive on what the stock does or what the company does. You know, like I have, I have a plan to where uh, for most of my swings, if the company releases this news, this is how I'm going to treat if the, if the stock just goes up on nothing and on air and no fundamental, you know, no fundamental reason, this is how I'm going to handle it. So you have a plan and you react to the company, you react to the stock on that plan. And that's what I think is really important. But getting into this, you know, conviction versus that false hope. That's why I think a matrix is so important. You know, we talk a lot about my matrix. What it is, is that this is how I take the emotions out of it. This is how I decide how I'm going to size into a swing. This is how I decide if I have that false hope. Because at the end of the day, what do we always say? The CEO is a cheerleader. Okay. The CEO only comes out and talks about the bad shit when he's forced to talk about the bad shit, no CEO is going to come out and be like, mm, we might go bankrupt. He only says it when they are definitely going bankrupt. I don't okay. know. Elon Musk tweeted the price of Tesla is too high. 
Listen, he's time. playing. Listen, everybody's playing uh, checkers. Elon Musk it, is playing poker. He's, he's like just found out about reverse psychology. He's like, holy shit, reverse <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think uh, exactly. So it's one of those things where you know Elon Musk playing poker while we're all playing checkers. Um, but to, for the rest of us, that's how I take my emotions out of it because it's so important to take your emotions out of this game, or at least be able to uh, be able to take that take part of them out or else you'll get fucked you'll you'll get smoked inside this market um so again talking about the matrix mine specifically talks about the you know so i i it's basically out of 10 different rows 10 different columns and it's out of a score of 100 and based on that is how i size and how I, how confident i am inside the play because sometimes i'm 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 inside the play and i'm like man i love this like you know they're going to come out with this 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 and then, uh, and then I, you know, throw the matrix on it, and it comes out that I shouldn't, I should have half the size that I really do. Um, you know, that I was drinking the Kool Aid. That hey, there is bigger risk than I originally thought. Um, so I think that it's important that you know, you don't need to, like, you don't need to do what I do with the matrix. You know, make it a big thing, score it out of hundred, but you should at least have a checklist or a way to take the emotions out. Like I said, mine is based on the chart. It's based on the management. Most of the things are quantifiable, but like you can't quantify and put it in, in and say, okay, this management team is better than management team based on this, this, this. That's not quantifiable. So how I do it is that I kind of, I kind of, that's more touch and feel. But again, I'm still able to sit there and say, hey, this management team owns 30% of the float. This management team buys the stock anytime. That's good to see. You know, like you look at like SXTC, the company owns 0.01% of the company. You know, like that doesn't matter. That's part of the reason why last year I went so heavy and I pounded the table on UABS inside my account because the owner, you know, the guy that, the founder that started the company, he still, he had never sold a share. Like I was like, okay, this guy, this guy fucks. Like this guy, this guy cares about this company. So that's where that's, you know, that's for the management side of things. That's where I think it's so important. And then, uh, and then again, the chart, the volume, you know, if, if there's a lot of volume on this thing uh, and the chart's not really curling, I know that somebody's there accumulating. So that goes into it. The other thing is the sector, you know, what sector is it? As we get moving to the winter, usually bios heat up. So I'm looking at different bios, especially if the market stays hot. Some of these bios, I mean, they could get like good preclinical and they could go 300%. So I'm there, I'm looking at bios because of the seasonality, because of the market that we're in. Um, and then, and then of course the catalyst, you know, how good is the catalyst? Is this a phase one? Is this a phase three? Is this a need inside the market? If it's not a need in the market, it might be a short. Uh, there's a few times where I, I would be, you know, when I first started inside this career and something would get FDA approval and it would go down and I wouldn't understand. I'd be like, this makes no sense. And then it was explained to me, okay, think about it this way. If Pfizer has an ADHD drug and uh, let, let me see, like uh, G, Jagex has an ADHD medicine, okay? Jagex has a hundred million in cash, all right? They get approved for, you know, they, their Padufa goes through, they get approved. It's going to take them $50 million to commercialize it. And then on top of that, it's not going to do any revenue. It's not going to be a good risk. I mean, it's not going to be a good return on investment because there's so many other drugs out there like it. And it's not setting them apart. There's no need in the market. So that was actually a short. 
because instead they're spending all their money. They're going to have to raise at some point, which means that they're probably going to have to dilute the stock. And uh, so it's a short. It would have been better if it actually didn't get approved. Um, so that's, again, part of the matrix is, is this a need? Now, again, that's for a swingers. If you're a day trader, it should be a little different. Like you should look at the share structure. You should look at the dilution. What's the risk of dilution? You know, so many times we, uh, so many times we're trading things after 11 a.m. And we're like, wow, a market maker's in here. And then all of a sudden they'll drop like a midday offering. And you have to remember is that if the market makers are keeping something up after 11 a.m., there's a good possibility of an offering. You have to keep that in mind. So when you're day trading, if you should just always like get into the habit of the top five tickers, if they're up more than 50%, you should be there looking at how much cash they have. What's their burn rate? Do they have an S3? When was the last time they did an S1? Do they dilute a lot? Because that's what's good. That's what that's where you can smoke yourselves out. Is that again, we're inside the market where everyone's sizing, everyone's chasing. But if the algos turn off, they drop a $200 million offering. This thing can halt down and be at minus 40%. Now, if you're 70% of your account and your account just took a massive haircut, you do that twice, you're fucked. Sorry, that was aggressive. But, uh, but my point is, is that, is that it's important to at least be able to take the emotions out of it. So use a matrix, at least use a checklist. If you're a day trader, again, What's their chance of dilution? What kind of volume is this thing? Is this trading the float? I was in a stock on Friday and it traded the float three or four times. And, uh, and it really wasn't moving. I was like, this is odd. Because if it's trading the float, again, price precedes, I mean, uh, volume precedes price action. This thing should have been mooning, but it wasn't. That's odd, okay? And, and again, it comes down to touch and feel sometimes. As you, as you get further into this game, you can feel if that company is going to do something, you can feel if that if the stock is being organically held up or if it's being pushed by market base, you can feel that. Uh, so I think that I, I think that it's so important because at the end of the day, what's going to keep you inside this game is the longevity factor. And and you can't do that. You won't. You, very few people will be here longevity if you can't take the emotions out. Yeah. So, I mean, you see like one of these stocks up in a market like this, it's up 50%. You say to keep an eye on it and you say, these are the things you should check for. If you're, if you're only into the price action of it, what do you look for in that situation? Like, do you, first thing you do is volume market cap shares available. Uh, how, how are you approaching that seeing something up 50% and finding yourself in a position to be like, you know what, fuck it, this can go higher. Yeah. So the one thing is going to be that volume. If that relative volume is sitting there and it's soaking, 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 I mean, you can draw a line across. That's where we talk about that soaking. And literally it'll soak to the tick. I mean, literally to the scent most of the time. And so if they're holding it up, holding it up, and you're seeing this mass amount of volume, that's something where, okay, listen, at some point, and this is the way that I look at it. And this is why, this is why I am always the person on day trades to take profits quicker. Because what usually ends up happening is that if they're moving something and they're soaking it, soaking it, soaking, they have to get out eventually. Market makers have to get out. They're not just going to dump it, dump it. So usually what ends up happening is that they create an exit. What I mean by creating an exit is that they push this thing towards the high day. They, uh, you know, everybody's chasing it because it's curling, it's curling, it's curling, and then they dump it. That's how they get their exit. So it's one of those things where, it, listen, 
If you're trading something and you feel like it's being soaked, that's fine. But make sure that you're at the bottom of that soak, at, that you're at the bottom of that range, so that when it does break out and it starts to go, you're literally selling into the market makers. <clears throat> you don't want to get into a situation where, and it happens to all of us. In fact, it happens to me more times than I want to admit. They're creating their exit. They're creating liquidity. And then they dump the pig. And you're left holding the bag. I mean, what was it? Hoodie, H-U-D-I on Friday? I watched that thing go down like $10 a share in like 10 minutes. They created an exit. They pushed it a little bit higher, got volume, got, got buyers, and then they sold into them. I mean, you saw like, and that's, that's where we always talk about the big exchange. When I'm going short on something, I'm looking for a big exchange. Because again, market makers aren't just going to dump on the bidder yet. They're market makers, okay? You're going to see it inside the tape, not on the chart, or, you know, the chart will catch up after. But that's where having a volume bar is so important. Having the tape up is so important. If you see eight, 10, 20 million dollars notional go through the tape, that thing's probably going to thump pretty soon, especially if it's after that 11 a.m., if it's after that 2 p.m. That's when I'm looking for a short because most of the time that'll, you'll see the big exchange. You, they'll bring it higher and then they'll dump it. So that's where you know so many new traders get fucked because you're buying the breakout and then you're, then you're getting dumped on. And I mean, it's like $20 million. It's literally like $20, $30 million if you're looking at the tape. It, they're creating an exit. So that's where, listen, if you're day trading something up 50%, look at what's the chance of dilution. Do they dilute a lot? Does this thing usually hold up and go higher? Does it trade well? Things like that. Look at the last run. What did it do? Stuff like that. Is this a former runner? And then on top of that, you know, watch it during the day, okay? You don't need to be, trade it 50 times. One really solid trade at the bottom of the range where you're, you know, you pick your entry, you get that entry, you're sitting there soaking the very bottom, uh, really gives you the best risk reward on something up 50%. Because if it flushes through that, fine, you get out for a 2% loss. But your risk to reward is really good. If you're soaking that bottom of the range and it goes higher, you're already there. I mean, you're, it, you can literally just scalp it. Bottom of the range, top of the range, bottom of the range, top of the range. Sell half at the top of the range and see if it goes higher. If it goes higher, great, you're there. If it doesn't go higher and it ends up flushing, you're taking that 2% loss and whatever. But if you're buying the top of the breakout, the top of the range, let's just say that instead of uh, instead of buying on the bottom of the range and you're buying at the top, that could be the difference of 7%. So now, let's just say you buy the top because you think it's breaking out. You buy that 7%, it goes down to the bottom of the range. Now you're down 7%. If it flushes from there, you're down 9%. So literally the difference of being good with your entries is the, the difference between 9% loss, 2% loss. Okay, now the, that's just the risk side of it. The reward side of it is even greater because if it does break out, again, you have that padding. Now, that top of the range, that top of that resistance now becomes your support. So at the very, minim very minimum, you make 7%. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that all right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think going over the percentages and like the risk, you're going over the risk reward in, in a good way where it makes sense for you yeah. can almost see the chart. Yeah, it, exactly. And so I think that that's that's how you have to play them. OK, you can't be bought. Listen, I know that there's tons of breakout uh, buy, breakout traders and that's fine. But, but for me personally, to give the best risk to reward, I need to get that perfect entry or I'm not trading I'm not trading it because it's just not worth it. Because if you do get smoked, 
I mean, you'll get smoked. Yeah, you're okay. already chasing. So make you're sure your entry is good from a chaser standpoint. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of an oxymoron. It's oxymoron. I think that's the right one. I think it's an oxymoron. You're it's kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> but yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> the, you know, like saying good entry while chasing like it doesn't yeah. sound right but i mean you got to find the best one you can i mean knowing what we know exactly if i'm gonna kill my body i'm gonna do it with alcohol having fun you know like, yeah i'm, I'm gonna, gonna do it I'm with gonna nice alcohol like high noons and white claws yeah, and high not I'm aristocrat not <laughs> yeah exactly you know like yeah so exactly so i think uh, listen and if you have to i mean i got I got I got to be fun of for saying this last time, but I curl my toes when I feel FOMO. Like I physically curl my toes. Uh, I know people who they'll put a wristband on their wrist and they'll tug at it. I mean that that sounds a little like freaky, a little kinky. But uh, listen, whatever works for you, that's fine. But the worst thing that you can do, and especially in this market where chasing is working. The worst thing you can do is get into that habit because I'm going to say this a thousand times until it happens because I know when it happens, it's, it's going to be brutal because that, those are the people that are going to get slaughtered. The people five Xing their accounts right now who, who don't know what they're doing. They're just chasing any breakout. Those are the people who are going to buy something that's up a hundred percent. And that thing will end red one day. Like, like something up a hundred percent will end red. And you'll get smoked because what happens right now is you're buying the breakout and then you're buying the dip and then you're buying the dip and that's working and that's great. Make your money. But the second that that faucet turns off, you, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be, your size should cut in honestly a 10 at least, especially for the homies that are going heavier. So I I just, I'm going to preach that until it happens because I know it's going to happen. Hey guys. I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Uh, it happens all the time. And then everybody's going to be bitching because, you know, and nobody's making as much money as before. I, oh, it's, it, it sucks. I'm chasing and it's not working. Why? Yeah, no shit. Because, like, you shouldn't be chasing. Uh, and honestly, listen, I got bagged on Friday on that uh, price target stock. 
and that's on me. But guess what? I knew what I was doing. You know, I I knew. I had my a general risk. idea of what was going on yeah. in the general vicinity around me. I knew there was a chance it would go up or go down. You know? Yeah, um, low chance it stays the same price. Um, yeah. So. Kind of rounding out uh, some other stuff that happened in the week. Facebook is turning into Meta. I don't know if this has anything to do aside from Mark Zuckerberg being a nerd and he's he's no longer alpha or beta, but he has extended past the Sigma male and has evolved into the Meta male. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he has, so he's shed his scales. I think what we're seeing, and, and Elon Musk kind of does, I mean, Amazon, listen, the, the big three, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple, okay? We've never seen companies, which, and, and we talked about this, I think, four or five weeks ago when we talked about Disney, generational holds. We've never seen companies with this much cash, with this much brand loyalty. So what we're seeing is, is that these companies are evolving and these companies are innovating. Okay. If you take uh, GE back inside the seventies and the eighties, GE was the company. I mean, the company, they did everything, but their downfall was that they didn't innovate enough. They didn't innovate enough because they didn't, they didn't, I mean, listen, they have brand loyalty, but not like Apple. Like you ask me right now, I'll never, I'll probably never not buy an Apple. Like probably never. Uh, okay, everything that I have is Apple. Okay. Like, yeah, and by the time I'm 75, I will be on iPhone 51. Like, I exactly. just have accepted that fact that over 100,000 yeah. of my dollars over my lifetime is going to go to iPhones. Exactly. And so what we're seeing with these companies is that they have so much cash. Their market caps are, tr- what, a trillion? I mean, we've never seen that. So what's happening is that these companies are so big. I mean, literally too big to fail. It's scary because they're literally too big to fail. They have so much cash. It's like, yeah, fuck it. We'll buy them out for 200 billion. What's 200 billion anymore? But like, that's seriously the world that we're living in. So Apple can create cars now. Like what the fuck? Like Apple can pivot to that spot. Facebook can pivot. You're seeing Facebook pivot away. Not not necessarily pivot away, but they're but they're now opening themselves up to throw back to when to uh, everyone thought Apple's car was going to be Fisker and uh we all yeah. knew Fisker's got <laughs> to the moon. Yeah, uh. yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that it's a, listen, you saw with Amazon. I mean, Amazon literally has changed the game in so many ways. I mean, I get my water delivered within 2 hours. Like that's ridiculous. That's wild. Uh, I mean, I, I ordered a costume two days ago. It was here, like yesterday morning. I mean, they changed the game. And and so again, you're seeing all these companies. I mean, seriously, it's scary because it's like we haven't, we didn't see this in the '70s and '80s. Like we didn't see this. The, these companies are are able to pivot into any growing industry that they want. I mean, seriously. Any industry, they have so much cash. Their market cap's so big. They can just absorb the company. I mean, seriously, Apple, Amazon can absorb any company that they want. Like outside of like the top 10 companies, literally any company, and it won't look like anything on their balance sheet. But if they truly believe that that company is going to provide value, I mean, VR, you know, I mean, Facebook literally is creating a watch. They're creating VR. It's, it's insane. So that's where it's great to see from like a shareholder perspective, but it's also scary because it's like these companies truly could. I mean, what's the next step? 
10 trillion, it's really not that, like 10 trillion for, for these companies is really not that far You know, off. You know what they say, after you make your first trillion, the second trillion comes twice as fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but seriously, like what's stopping them? Apple, if Apple comes out with a car and it actually fucks, there'll be a 10 trillion fast. Dude, if Apple makes a car that fucks me as I drive, yeah, dude, I'm getting one immediately, <laughs> obviously. But no, with it becoming meta and them in VR, I've actually, I've got it up here. They're going to make it. So Facebook, you know, you have all your friends, you have your pages. They're going to make it VR. So, you know, on VR, how you can hang out with your boys, play poker. They're going to make yeah. all of Facebook one big metaverse and you can hop in your vr and chill with your homies that you have added on facebook and they want it to be like universe number two seriously but like what like uh what, what's that fucking movie where everybody's fat and oh uh eat wally wally like you know like wally uh, toy where... story 2 <laughs> oh no lion king 2 like what if we're all on chairs and we just live in vr I mean, like Facebook and Apple and all the other bitches, like they'll be running that shit. Like their their market caps would be like a hundred trillion. I'm not even fucking around. Like I don't even know if I want to live inside that world. But that's where we're pivoting. Like we didn't listen. My parents didn't like. My parents truly didn't think that like like touch phones would be here by now. And, and, like because they like yeah because really, fucking fifty years ago everyone was like twenty twenty. Flying cars, robots talking to us, robots cleaning for us. Well, we do have Roomba. The thing is, everyone just thought we'd have beep, boop, beep, Roomba. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Roombas. But my and, point and, is that, like, internet's not even that old. Like, internet's not really been a thing that long. Yeah, it's been, like, really big for, like, 25 years. Like, real, well, That's really not big. That long. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, when you were born, internet wasn't a thing. Yeah, no, when I, well, in 94, when I was born, people were, like, sending <laughs> emails and shit, but no one was, you know, ask Jeeves at best. I remember, like, in 2000, and I was like, you know, you're you're lucky, man. Google, Google, it was more ask Jeeves and Yahoo Dude, searches. Last night, last night I'm, I'm, I'm out, like, searching, like, DK Metcalf, like, Ask some girl for like a four-way. You know, like I'm able to just pull that up on my phone. 30 years ago, you couldn't do that. You asked a girl for a four-way with DK no, Metcalf? No, 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 no. No, I'm saying like I typed it inside my phone and it came up in like milliseconds. Oh, uh, you know? okay. Like, I thought, I just, sorry. I, I like heard that rumor. And so, but like my, listen, my point is, is that it's at the touch of our fingertips. 30 years, that wasn't a thing. So imagine where we'll be at in 30 years. I mean, you won't even, we won't even touch each other. We'll touch each other virtually. Dude, yeah. Well, that'd probably be good for social distancing. Imagine trading inside VR. Like, you could just, like, hit the ask, like, physically hit the ask. Yeah, dude. I mean, dude, just get a stream deck and they, you can just press, like, buy, buy, buy. Dude, stuff, I have stuff. one. I don't understand it. That shit's too Yeah, it's confusing. I, I couldn't figure it out either. So I just put Fortnite, Golf with Friends, and Discord on there. Nice. Uh, all right. <laughs> that should, uh, Gotta give us an episode. <laughs> um, Bye. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us on another Sunday, and uh, we hope you have another trading week and stay safe on Halloween. Don't let your kids eat shrooms or razors. Nice. Penny's Going in Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.